millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With kilometers on the red lights. Hello and welcome to Stalking Time for the Moon Boys. Uh, in the room, it's me, David Baddiel. Uh, it's Tim Hinks, Hello. my friend and co-host. And still with us uh, from the last episode is Robert Popper. Bonjour. He was, oh, oh, no, he's died. Sitting here all uh, week. Knocking yeah. things. So you'll know Robert Popper, of course, from Friday Night Dinner uh, and all sorts of other things he's done in the wonderful world of comedy. But also, I know him. Because I've known him since he was about eight. That's right. Because he's, oh, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, he's yeah. the cousin of a close friend of mine, David Gavrin of the Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sundays, a very big band in the nineties. Uh, but he's here. He might have to leave during the podcast to go and edit Friday Night Dinner, but we'll cope with that um, because we want him to carry on telling us about his uh, relationship with Bowie and other musical. People, we began because we always have to mention it. We can't just play music on this show; we have to talk about it. With always crashing in the same car uh, from Low, uh, we played that for a number of reasons. Although, as I played it just then, I noticed that the lyric just before uh, Bowie says that he's always crashing in the same car is that he looked left and right. Uh, which it seems to me that that's a shame, therefore, that he was uh, always crashing. I think he's as frustrated as we are that he keeps crashing in it. He's, yeah. he's following the highway code. And I then, think it must be the other driver's fault then. Uh, know, the possibly. Other, every time? Every time? Yeah, it seems every like he's time. always a crashing. Here, David. I would say, what road is he going on in that case? Well, yeah. I is can it tell the, you. Is it the A4 to the Of course, he's the so A406 is terrible, isn't it? Oh, but really? of course, he's not on a road. He's not on a road. Because. I, we've never done the thing, and it's, of course it would be a ridiculous thing. Although last in the last podcast you mentioned being on Desert Island Disc, where you are forced to, in a sense, say, "Here's my yeah. favourite track." But we've never done the outright, "Here's my favourite Bowie track." But I am prepared to Ooh. say that "Always Crashing in the Same Car." I think is your favourite. Is Bowie my favourite Bowie track. It's a good I think track. It's a it's beautiful, a track. beautiful track. The the dra- <laughs> as I understand it, the crashing in the same car was actually an episode he had. He was in a hotel and got took loads of cocaine, took a car from the. Hotel garage. I'm right. imagining a very big uh, hotel and garage. Yeah. Got into that car, broke into it, or it was, it, oh. and drove it round and round in circles because oh, it was okay. going mad, round and round and round, which okay. is the round and round of the song. Okay. And he sort of had an episode. Okay. And what, what's confusing me about this? Now I'm glad you've explained it to me again. Is that I know I said that thing about looking left and right, but I had always imagined that always crashing in the same car was a metaphor for his life, which at the time was yeah. quite screwed I think up. It's, both, it's literally it? about an accident. It's just about because driving. He also then later on talks about swapping insurance details. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Then talking about the best quote he could get. And says, remember, never <laughs> say it was your fault. Never yeah. say it was your exactly. fault. That well, is that what you do? Is that so right? You should never say sorry. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, well, I have often said sorry. Up. 
just out of politeness, even yeah, if it wasn't. Uh, I've said sorry. Yeah, it's just very, like if you have a crash, you say sorry. Story. My first car crash I had when I was 17, 18, mm. I was in my Ford Escort with my brother, and we had an argument. And so I said to him, I'm going, he was younger than me, he's younger than me, and I said, I'm, it was at night, I'm going to drive with my lights off really fast just to mm. scare you then. No. And I crashed into a car, a guy okay. who was well, like you, you, 20... know you don't come across well from this story. No. And I, I mean, I turned them off for like, well, I was going to say two minutes, that was quite long, probably half a minute. <laughs> two minutes? Yeah, on the road? Long. But it was down quiet roads, and then I <laughs> hit, a, I hit a, uh, a guy who was about 25 who had, looked like an estate agent, had a company car, I smashed into it. Wow. And as soon as it happened, I turned my lights on immediately, and I yeah. said to my brother, don't tell mum, that was the right, first right. thing. <laughs> and then he went mad, he said, you were driving with your lights off, I said, no I wasn't, he said you were. <laughs> and then he got me to write down, it is all my fault, and I'm being 17, I did it and signed it. And no. Yeah. It is all my it's fault. It's all my fault. I was driving too fast. With my lights uh, and off. And I crashed into I the think car he overplayed and I signed, that. And I signed it. I think he and overplayed I that. Incredible. Does that. Did it stand up in court? We didn't go to court. Oh, what happened? Um, you just paid uh, out. Your mum just, just paid m- out. My mum You know the don't way. tell mum thing? Yeah, it did uh, You probably had it to did, tell your mum what with your car to. having a huge crash bit in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very good supplementary information for always crashing in the same car. But the reason I brought it up is that, you may know this, is that at the start of, I think, April of 2018, Bowie's car was sold uh, at auction for $216,000. And it's a cooler car than wow. I thought, right? That is cool. It's a Volvo. Mm. Now, when I heard it was a Volvo, I was a bit disappointed because I thought that's a bit of a safe car for Bowie. But it is actually a 262C Bertone Coupe. And actually, listeners, you can look at it on the internet. It's quite a cool car. It's very um, cool. It's and quite as you say, cool. It's not that cool. I think, but it's cool. I reckon it's cool in the it, context of 70... I don't know when he bought it, but it's got that sort of... Oh, well, no, that's cool. Then. It's quite cool. To also, he had a driver who drove that around, apparently. Uh, and he had one mirror-finished Mini Cooper as well, apparently. Mm. But I imagine it was quite hard for him to get insurance after that song was recorded. Yeah. So I imagine he did need a driver. Do you think he had to, like, tell them that when they asked him questions? He didn't questions? need to. Right, they say, look, they're both, we don't need to fill in that <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah. I think we know. I'm afraid awesome. we can only give you third party, Mr. <laughs> Bay, because apparently said you're was... always crashing in the same car. <laughs> he could have said, you know what, I'll get a different car. Well, or he could have said, no, no, that was a manic coke episode. It wasn't, it wasn't what you think. Right, Mr. Bowie, I'm afraid we're unable to give you yeah, a... Yeah, it's going to be a very high premium for I you, Mr. Bowie. I think they would have just thought it was metaphorical. I do think it's an interesting thing, actually, because obviously Bowie, I mean, anyone, I, I have to pay higher insurance premiums because right. I'm a comedian. Like, I'm going to drive my car in a funny way. But is that, that, that's a real <laughs> thing you have higher insurance premiums if you're in any way in you shape if you're connected yeah. to the media when you yeah. Put on, yeah. this is good this could be kind of an insurance podcast as well yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a podcast it's, about insurance yeah. no but I, I have to pay too and I'm not a performer but it's, a, you might have someone you, in your car who's you might, acting you, mad <laughs> you might have, just yes, mad. Or, or has a very high you know is, is an expensive person you, you could yes. have Madonna in your car but I don't think that makes any difference to a motor claim does it I, mean, that's I don't know if there's any insurance people out there yes of course if you have no if you had a crash in your car and someone is injured. Yeah. Oh, I see. You mean if you sort of break her? Yeah. If you break foot, Madonna's foot. face, <laughs> so she can't sing anymore. It's a bad example because she's. Or, do or that you break now. Paul McCartney's fingers. Yes. Exactly. Or Billy Joel's would be worse. And, it, well, and, no, and he, Paul McCartney's was fine. Well, I just think yeah. he, he is the piano. Billy Joel, pure and simple. So his fingers are everything. Okay. Well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Some McCartney people basically he, he generally uses his fingers for okay, that. Okay, yeah. yeah, only plays Billy the piano. Joel. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, okay, and and they said, would you then be saying to the AA, I need obviously the front bumper fixed. Also, <laughs> I should say, Paul McCartney's broken all his fingers. Yeah. Uh, in this, this so is that's a terrible a tragedy. Ten million or 
you know, yeah. that would be a different claim, right? Yeah, but I think you you would still be liable if it was I your fault. I think maybe we should if, get some insurance experts to tweet in about this. I, I think, I think I if you'd been driving if... with your lights off to piss off your brother, and yeah. Paul McCartney was also in the car and had yeah. broken his fingers, you would definitely yeah, yeah, be liable. Yeah, I would have been in trouble. I think we've Thank sorted God it out. he wasn't in the car. But I want to bring up something <laughs> else, right? Cleared up I want to bring up something else, which is I, I wrote to you yesterday, and this is about very disparate connections to Bowie, or indeed any of our musical heroes. Like, who's got the most ridiculous connection? And I found a connection yesterday that is, like, 17 times removed. I didn't realise this. Uh, Bowie, there's a famous photo, you've probably seen it, of Bowie and Elizabeth Taylor. Yes, Terry Neal. Terry Neal took, yeah, in 75. It's really beautiful. Bowie looks completely out of his face. Incredibly thin, doesn't he? Incredibly thin and weird, but it's very beautiful, I think. And she was very obsessed with him, apparently, Elizabeth Taylor at the time, right? Uh, And so she actually tried to get him to audition. You would have thought he wouldn't have needed to audition, but Mm. indeed to audition for a film called The Bluebird Mm. at the time, which was a big, it's a weird fantasy film. It was made in the 70s. It looks like it should have been made in 1953 that she was in. Bowie, I think, failed the audition, but he didn't react well to that because he just said, the whole film stinks and I turned it down, right? (laughs) But the connection is, here's the weird connection. And I want to know if Robert knows who this person is because although we are connected in in our sort of lives Mm. separately from this and being young Jews in North London, Robert's a bit younger than me, so he may not know this, but I used to go out for ages and ages with Janine Kaufman. Yeah, Janine, she babysitted for me. Did she she babysitted for you? Did did. she really? She did, she babysat. She was quite cool, she was punky. Yeah, quite punky. She was really nice and she babysat for us about... Two or three times. How she was nice. She was, no, she was punky. punky. Were you yeah. going out with her at the, during the, at the babysitting time? I mean, when mm, was this? Probably not. Uh, well, yes, what time was it? When was, was it? What year? About, I don't know. I must Give have me a been. year. Uh, eight, is it, How was, old were you when you I went be out babysat? with her from 80-something. I was sort How of, old can you be when you're... Like, what age does babysitting end? That's what I can't no, remember. No, but do you mean the babysitter or well, the baby? Like, no, oh, I like think how old were yeah, I? Yeah. I can't remember when I wasn't no, babysat. I think, I think, I think you're... About 25, I don't, I don't remember her saying, David, I'm just going to babysit Robert Popper. He's no. he's nine. I don't remember her no, saying that. I would have that. been older. Saying, yeah. It's a bit weird, but he's 30. I probably was, actually. This is not the point. The point is that oh. her sister, Monique Kaufman... Right who I still know occasionally, I still sometimes see her. She's married to someone called Ashley Potter. She was briefly a child actress. Okay. And she was meant to have the main part I think all in child The Bluebird. Briefly oh, right. child the main actually, child, because yeah. the Bluebird is actually, the main characters in it are two kids who are in search of the magical Bluebird that Elizabeth Taylor leads them to. It's a okay. big old Hollywood film. Wow, wow. right? And she was meant to have the main part in that. Yes. And she lost it at the last minute to Patsy Kensit. Wow. Right? Um, so I went and watched this uh, the other day and I found Monique is still in it. Now, this is an incredibly, you know, tenuous connection with David Bowie. Yeah, but here's my point. Yeah, no, David I... Bowie was going to be in this film. Right. Elizabeth Taylor wanted him to be. He wasn't in it. Mm. My ex-girlfriend's sister was in it. Mm. Right? And this is her very brief mm. appearance. Here it is. I haven't actually listened to it myself, but let's see what happens. Behind Oh, let me go with him. Impossible. But, Mr. That's Time, wonderful. I'll come too late. I'll be gone before she comes down. That's not my concern. Come along. No, no, please, no. Leave him with me. Leave He's him. going to live, not to die. Please, oh. Mr. Time, he says. she says as well, which, of course, relates it's to a, Bowie's it's, great it's song, Time. At all. It's, it's not tenuous at all. It's a very Bowie thing. <laughs> it's incredibly It all Bowie. makes sense. It all um, makes sense. So they that's are, Bowie. by the way, acting him off the screen, aren't they? He was yeah. not very convincing. Oh, was, that wasn't, you're not suggesting that was the Bowie part. Was that the Bowie part? No, I don't think that was Bowie's me. part. No, I don't know what, I don't know what Bowie's part was. It might have been Mr. Time. But uh, also, later on, uh, she, I think, was also up for the thing that made Patsy Kensit really famous. which is Patsy Kensit. No, Patsy Kensit, off that film, became the face of Bird's Eye Peas and had to say Bird's Eye Peas, pop, whatever she said, fresh as the time when the peas went pop. And with her finger, she put her finger in her cheek and went, whoop, right? Yes. And I think Monique was up for that. So, Robert, I wanted to know, the reason I brought that up 
is that you mentioned uh, a, a few experiences you've had with famous pop stars, and that, I think that was the most tenuous. No, I mean, I haven't had lots, but I remember two things. I remember when I worked at Planet 24, a TV company, working mm. on uh, The Big Breakfast for a little bit, and... Um, Writing for Zig and Zag. I remember the well, day... It's like Ziggy Stardust, but Zig and Zag. Exactly. Yeah. The CC. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. I remember the day the Spice Girls first came in oh, and they were no one. And they just walked in mm-hmm. and they... Hi, everyone, we're the Spice Girls. And they did their song to, like, some CD player. And yeah. one of them... I, th- I guess it was Sporty Spice did a backflip and, and it ended. It was all quite sort of random and awkward. Mm. And I shouted out... Are you available for Bermitzvahs? <laughs> and one of them went, what? Yeah. To me. And that was, and then I just thought, <laughs> and then mm. they were like the mm. biggest band in the world. I'll do something a little bit odd about that story, uh, which is that the song they would have done is Wannabe. Yeah. And that, of course, includes the line, Zigga Zig Air. Mm. So Zig and Zag must have been well, very confused by that. Yeah. And there's like, a whole, the whole Bowie thing. Yeah. I mean, he's mm. running through yeah. that story. But my other tenure, very, it's mm. not a tenuous, but it's, Every single day, uh, when I put on my underwear in the morning, I'm reminded of Moby. Oh, okay. Because my best friend, who I used to live with, Harvey, not Harvey Weinstein. No, um, he no used reason to, why we thought. Why it would, would be. it be? Why would it be? Unlikely. He's much older than yeah, you. Yeah, he's you've, not my best friend. You've, you've totally yeah, yeah, dropped yeah, him. You're quite well. close, but not best. Friend. Incredibly you know, dropped sort him. Of fourth best. Yeah. But, um, he used to work in music, and he used to sign bands. And he's very right. good. He did the Prodigy. He was right. very good, and he signed mm. Moby, and he he A and R'd and oversaw his big album play you know the big one yeah, everyone yeah. that sold yeah. millions and I mean as a side step when we lived together Moby would phone a lot and we had a notepad where we'd write notes and I've still got it it would be like your mum called your <laughs> Moby called <laughs> can you call Moby back <laughs> we need to buy eggs but when um, my friend Harvey left music because when it all went eh, down yeah. he said hey like I know you like record stuff and you know and do silly comedy and blah 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 I've got all these you know digital tapes these dats of um, all Moby's um, wow. all his uh you know, rarities and like extra songs mm. and uh, outtakes from Play, you know, his biggest yeah. album, one of the biggest, sold 20 million or whatever, and they've got like 10 of them. And he gave them to me and said, oh, thanks. I didn't know where to put them, so I just put them in my underpants drawer. So for about seven <laughs> wow. years in my underpants drawer, <laughs> oh, yeah. just sitting there, all my, which were probably worth quite a lot of money as well. Yes. I'm the what, only one that has it. My underpants. underpants. Yeah, Together. Yeah. Together, yeah. I mean, it's a double package. Did, did, was there ever a moment where you put on your pants and thought, hang on, there's something in my pants. Oh, God, it's another one of those <laughs> It's a movie outtake. Yeah, it's you a know movie something, outtake. David, every day. Yeah. <laughs> but when we moved and I moved to house, I, moved yeah. house, I had all these, uh, these, these, these stats, and I didn't know what to do with them. And for some weird reason i just put them back in my pants drawer <laughs> so they're st- they're, they're sti- still there that's where Wait, you yeah. moved house though no when i was in my flat they yeah no, but are flat. they still in your underpants drawer where you live yes i moved them i thought i could have put them upstairs in my office it's right. Right. right now i yeah. thought no they go mm. in my so they're in my mm. pants drawer. i think that what you should mm. do is put them on an album right that looks a bit like play but call it pants Pants. And it's just pictures of pants, but it's Moby's well, outtakes. Also, here's another celeb thing. They, I don't know why, but in my pants drawer, I've got my pants and my socks. Yeah, oh, really? Like, I, would, I would have your socks in a separate one called the sock drawer. Well, we just—it's a big drawer. Okay. And I've got you know about seven or eight Moby, you know, all his demos and thing in my drawer with my pants, and also a random photograph of Telly Savalas, the huh. Kodak star, yeah, uh, with a plaster on his head, eating a lollipop, which was taken in about 1981 at the Pro Am Golf. Uh, competition wow, okay. in Northwood I went to with my dad. Yeah. So oh, there's that's in Moby, your pants and that's it's always in my pants drawer. Yeah, and Kojak. Yeah. These wow. don't sound like tenuous stories. These are very connected to celebrities. I mean, you know, yeah. you're best mates with a lot well, of Well, Moby was, big... was very good friends with Bowie, wasn't he? He was actually very, very good friends, friends with Bowie. So that's the link. That is the link. Do you, 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 we've dealt with your uh, biggest meeting. Uh, yeah, do you know what, though? We, we talked story. about Paul McCartney and things, but 
Well, you asked do, him where his guitar is, and he yeah, just said, but after, it's in there, in the locker, I'll yeah. play later. And you said, yeah. no, it's okay. That, yeah. that meeting, which yeah. I think he probably still talks about. Yeah. But after that, I suddenly remembered, because you had your great Mick Jagger story, I realised that I don't think I've, to, I've met Mick Jagger, prop, had a proper meeting with Mick Jagger. No, have you? About being in a show? No, it was actually about, it was when they were doing their 50 Years of the Stones tour, which was about five years ago or six, seven years ago, and I was at Endemol then, and we, we were going to do... We sort of managed to get to convince their people that we should do all their online stuff, basically do an app for fans right. for that tour. Right. And famously, Mick is very, very involved in every sort of yeah. detail. And it's and the guy from... It was all done through our Dutch office from Holland. Fermi said, I think tomorrow we're having a meeting, and I think Mick Jagger might be there. And knowing you, you'd why don't you just come along? Cause yeah. So it went along, and it was me and a guy called Larens, who we don't need to dwell on. No. And Why not? something wrong with Larens? Uh, nothing wrong with him. He's a lovely, lovely it's, guy. It's a problem that he should be called Lawrence. He, um, Dutch, he would Dutch, be. Well, I think Dutch he would Lawrence. be called Lawrence okay. if Lawrence. he was British. But yeah. um, uh, but post Brexit, he's Larens. Larens. And he will remain that. Yeah. And we we went to the, I think it's called the Grand Hotel in Amsterdam. It's a very big. Mm. It sounds grand. I mean, it's, yeah. I was going to say it's, there's yeah. no other way of talking about it. Yeah. So it's the Grand Hotel, and we're in this room. No, no, actually, no. We were led to this room and. There's no easy way into this. The door opens and there's a table and there is Mick and sort of two or three guys and I'm just staring at Mick Jagger and I'm about to have a meeting with him, which went on for two hours. Mm. And I should preface this by saying, I, love, I mean, I love Mick Jagger. I love the Stones. We know that. We love the Stones. It was genuinely one of the dullest meetings of my life. Really? And the problem was, it's a bit like you were saying on a couple of podcasts ago, Obviously, what I wanted to do was at least I, I wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't going to talk about his, but mention his music. We're yeah. actually doing the online thing for his tour. Surely, at some, some point, point, it'll he'll come up and think and say sort of, um, "How are you going to do satisfaction?" You want <laughs> him. Some, you want him to say one song just something. Name. Men- well, I got to the point at an hour and a half in where that's what I wanted. Yeah, just I just wanted one. him yeah, to say you, a you song. Were bursting with wanting to mention satisfaction. You know. So what I actually did is I thought satisfaction's too obvious. Jumping Jack Flash. Too I mean, obvious. Too obvious. So you went. You thought I'm going to go for an obscure track. Well, I didn't go for an obscure track. I went for an album I love, but that is not people don't often talk about. And I said we should. I said whatever I concoction I came up with. I said we should do something a bit like you've done with the Some Girls reissue, right? Because they're just issue. And so I enjoyed the. F- I'm now saying Some Girls to Mick yeah. Jagger. And you're, you're signaling to Mick. <laughs> I'm a fan, a but fan. in a very clever way. Yeah, yeah. and I'm thinking I, I'm a businessman. Uh, we're yeah. having a business meeting, but First let me know. Foremost. I'm not just a fan. I've chosen a slightly obscure album, and he's going yeah. to say, obviously, I get people come up to me all the time talking to me. That's the gnome. Isn't it? <laughs> it's a gnome. <laughs> I get people coming up to me all the time, but you're real. I didn't realise you were a proper fan. Yeah, I'm not even attempting a new joke. And but he, he literally didn't bat an eyelid. Yeah, you sure it, it was Mick Jagger? Did it was you? Def- did you? Well, I'm starting to think it's not. It's Mick funny Jagger. you say that. There was a mo- so the best moment in the whole thing was that he was a bit funny about his throat, which, understood, you know, it was cu- uh, about the air conditioning. Right. So he kept fiddling, get, getting up and fiddling with the air conditioning in what was basically a suite. It was a hotel suite, but a very, yeah. very big one. And kept putting a scarf on and taking it off. But otherwise, he, but I should say, he was incredibly engaged and even at one point asked, what is the, and this is a direct quote, what's the price point? Yeah. Of this wow. thing, which I had no idea. Yeah. I think I'm just I've never, a you know, It's also a word I've never understood, price yeah. point. You mean price. price. Yeah. I mean, I nearly said, yeah, you need, mean price. Yeah. But, but I thought, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't know the answer to it. So I'm not right. going to draw attention. So, it's very, But he was very, you know, he, he obviously knew his stuff. At a certain point in time, someone says, I'll get the guy to come, I'll call the reception to, to do the air conditioning. Right. So he says, great. And, <laughs> and um, there's a knock at the door. And it's obviously the guy... 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mick gets up to answer it. So it's not one of his guys. Right. He, he actually thinks, well, I know that's the air conditioning guy. So he gets up, walks to the door, and I'm now, I can see the back of Mick, and I can see the door opening. And when the door opens, this guy from maintenance literally does a look which says, oh, my fucking God, <laughs> yeah. you're Mick Jagger. Yeah. And that's actually reassuring for me, because I'm thinking, no, definitely, that's a reminder. I'm actually <laughs> did in the, a two-hour meeting. Did the bloke from maintenance go, oh, be so great if he'd done that. He, um, he didn't, he, he just, didn't I, I think he fixed the air conditioning. He fixed the air conditioning. Well, the main Dutch thing way. is he fixed the air conditioning. The scarf. But the seeing scarf. him react was a, I needed that. The scarf that he was doing yeah. was it apricot? By any chance? Do you mean apricot? Oh, see, I wonder if you'd pick up on that. What's oh, that what? a reference to? Oh, really? that's very Is that good. a Stones reference? Oh, it's um... a cl- very, very clever reference to Mick Jagger. But was the scarf apricot? Why have I said that? Well, let's think People listening, it. someone will already. Got no, it. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, you're I'm... talking to the. I'm going to be controversial. The Stones, <laughs> me. No, no, it's not to do with the Stones. It's not really to it do with the Stones. Just doesn't do it. Not really to do with well, the Stones. To do with Mick Jagger. Uh, okay. Well, I'm feeling. So on, you're so vain. Yes. By yes. Carly Simon, who yeah, does yes. the backing vocals Mick on Jagger. that. Jagger. Right, what's the first line in that? You walked in... To the to, room. Uh, uh, yeah. Like you're walking uh, onto like a yacht. you're performing the gavotte. Da, 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 da. Your scarf, it was apricot. Oh, it's well It's the done. worst rhyme in the history of rhymes. Gavotte. Yeah, it rhymes gavotte He's got gavotte and apricot. That's Gavotte sounds like a Jewish word. A Yiddish so go, word. Oi, gavotte. Oi, gavotte. Yeah, it's not a Jewish word. Well, it might be in some respects. I suppose there's some bar mitzvahs where they said, yeah. now it's time, time for the, the gavotte. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but can you and go and do a gavotte? <laughs> I don't do apricot, do the gavotte. But, uh, 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 yes, uh, it, that, it, I mean, yeah, actually, yeah, it's no, worth mentioning right. yeah. because it is such extraordinary lyrics. Uh, let's try and get them right. You walked into the room like you, you were walking, walking into a yacht. A yacht. Oh, actually, right? gavotte comes later on, I've just realised. You walked into the party like you were walking onto a yacht. Your hat, your hat strategically dipped below one eye. Your scarf, it was apricot. Wow, well done. You had one eye on the mirror and watched yourself gavotte. Oh, for fuck's sake, oh Carly. Just, you shouldn't have started with the ot thing. But anyway. So you're using gavotte as a verb as well. Yeah, watch yourself gavotte. Stop gavotting. Do you think the person, who I imagine is Mick Jagger, because it was, a lot of people think it might be, that you're, you're so yeah, vague. Sure. Yeah. He does the backing vocals and they definitely yeah. had a relationship. Yeah, I she think looks they had, a bit like him. She looks a bit like him. That's the, bit, that no one, that's the yeah. big thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, 
Oh, actually, of all the people I could imagine looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, you know what I'm doing now? I'm Gavotti. Mm, mm. Mick possibly yeah. might That's have thought Gavotti. that. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't have thought. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I look a bit like a chicken on a coach <laughs> in Mexico. I think that's a good way of describing how he moves. He gavots. He gavots. Yeah, like Hitler did, right? Hitler gavots. Yeah, well, well, a bit, yeah. a bit less so. Although mm. it is a German word, of mm. course. Mm. Uh, but, but, so anyway, we've slightly. But, yeah. Gone so off that, the that point. was that was a. But that was a. It leads me on to another thing, which Robert was mentioning before, which is. I was there, actually, for this. Now, two episodes ago, mm. I talked about an incredibly embarrassing thing that happened with me and Morrissey, mm. which I'm not going to do again because it was a very long story, very funny story, <laughs> very about how story. I accidentally knelt in front of Morrissey because I thought he was telling me to kneel, <laughs> and, in fact, he was doing a joke about <laughs> Neil Morrissey. I, I misunderstood. Okay, I'm going to listen to that. It was a terrible moment, really, but it was it's, funny. It's, but you reminded me of something I'd completely forgotten, which mm. is I had another weird episode with Morrissey that you were at. Was it wasn't that? really a personal thing, but it was extraordinary, where we'd gone to see Morrissey at the Roundhouse, and there were quite a lot of... British television people around. No, I'd gone. I'd gone with name dropping David no, Williams, who's an old friend of mine. Yeah, and I turned up there. And but Jonathan Ross was and there. Russell Brand Russell turned Brand. up at David's house, mm. and I don't know him. I met him once, but it was at the time when he was, you know, the most famous man yeah, yeah. kind. And it was like, oh, I was thinking this is going to be relaxing. Mm. Russell Brand's here suddenly, yeah. and then Jonathan Ross turned up. Yeah, and then you turned yeah. up. And uh, we you were less went... bothered by me because no, 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 since no. I was I know eight. You, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then we went to the Roundhouse together, yeah. and we walked in, and everyone went crazy. Russell Brand said, "David Williams, it was all that," and we were charging behind a bit. No, but, me, uh, at but back, me at the back. But here's the key element of this, right? There were there were all those famous people mm. there. Uh, like, let me tell you, your recollection might be different, but was Morrissey goes on, right? Yes. And. Morrissey's fans are very, very kind of you know, passionate fans or whatever, so he does three songs. That's right. And then Morrissey decides, in a very Morrissey way, it's not working, I don't like it, my voice is feeling a bit oh, God, whatever, right. I'm leaving after yeah, three There was songs. no explanation, he just went no, He just went, he's had it, right? Wow. And he so, hadn't been singing well. So I don't remember you being party to this conversation, but I was part... Suddenly David, Williams and Jonathan and Russell are all saying, because the audience are all pissed off, tell you what, we'll go on. We'll go on. And sort of like wow. make it okay because the audience will say something. We should up, say something. We'll say something. Oh they're upset about Morrissey going, but hey, they'll be pleased to see us. And I remember thinking, no, they fucking won't. Right? They are Morrissey fans, and we don't care how famous Russell is or Jonathan is or whatever. They're going to be pissed off that anyone has come on this stage apart from Morrissey. I remember you having that conversation with me saying they're mad, and I was saying they're mad. The last thing they want to see is like millionaires stepping on stage yeah. saying, "Hey, I know you're upset, yeah. but we're here now. Maybe we can cheer you up." Yes. So they. They do it, and, do and do it, it went oh. fucking terribly <laughs> to the awful. point that they go on. They don't really have anything to say. No, they're trying the to be a little bit funny, but they're not that funny. By the way, these are all really close friends of mine, and I love them, but I do think this was a misjudgment. <laughs> and at one point, I believe, David gets hit on the eyebrow by a coin. Yes, yeah, someone threw a coin. That was me. Someone threw a coin at him. You were just trying to help. You were trying to get off. It's not working. I'll throw a coin at you. In a shadow yeah. of the Bowie I think, lollipop, I, uh, by Yes, the way. but I think yeah. you can see it online, I believe. Gosh. You can see oh, David. Wow. Oh, I David, you know, trying to say something, and they go, well, then, "Oh, ow. well." When after that, after that, I remember Russell Brand saying, "Oh, I definitely shouldn't have done that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there was a security guy who said, "Right, we, you need to leave, and we're going to walk you out." I remember that, and there was a mob. Yeah, so there was a mob, and I had to run towards with David Williams because my car was at David Williams' house, right. and I followed David and to Jonathan Ross's. Kind of pink Cadillac yeah. car no, that has no. two seats, yeah. and they jumped in, and I had to kind of lie on the back bit of the car, <laughs> thinking this is. And then we went back to David Williams' house, and we had a drink, and then the doorbell went about five minutes later, and the Pet Shop Boys came round. <laughs> and I remember texting, live texting my friends at the time. This is just to say, stuff. look, 
That wasn't yeah. a good thing you did tonight. Just, but then, just, uh, to, just, to, just to reiterate something Robert said there, which is important. It was true that as we left the roundhouse, there was a slight sense that we needed a fucking armed guard, <laughs> that the Morrissey fans were so pissed off, really, that Morrissey had left the stage. That's really what they're pissed off about. Yes. But there was no one else to take their anger out on because Morrissey had gone back to his you know grove, wherever he lived at the time. And so this thing that the celebrities had done, this band of super group of celebrities had done mistakenly to get on stage and say, it's okay, we're here, you're going to love that. No, we fucking don't. It meant they were so angry that when we left, there were people who might have killed us. I'm was so a... glad I'm... I'm just it's so pleased way. I'm not famous or recognised. <laughs> I could just tag along two steps behind and then yeah. run. No, we, we were, think we were leaving, gig. there were people shouting, yeah, fuck. Well, that's what's amazing about a turnaround. You say, tonight, just so you know, you're going to go to see Morris. He's going to walk off stage and people are going to start basically stoning David Williams. <laughs> yeah. and, what a and great night out that and is. And you sort of think, how, did that, how is that going to work out? And of course, <laughs> as you say, it sounds perfectly plausible. Yeah. But what was it, do you think, about the group of your friends, celebrities? What were they, because normally you go to a gig and a... a you don't want to see, you know, you're, you're, you know, you've come all the way down from Glasgow or wherever. Yeah. But you're your still idol, not seeing it. Morrissey, he's, he's walked off, you don't know why, no yeah. one's told you. And then guys come up, hey guys, yeah, well, you know, we, you know, you're a bit no, but what off, motivated, but hey, you know. Yeah. What motivated John, what, what were they, I think to be fair to them, I think to be fair to them, I can't remember, mm. but I think someone did come up to us. We were, right. we were and standing say, in a group okay. and say, oh fuck, you know, Morrissey's got off, the audience are really annoyed, they're not leaving, they're just like shouting and being cross. Maybe you can go up and like but say something. But Russell Brand something. did say afterwards, thinking about that was a bad idea, but I did do it because of vanity. Oh, no, there's yeah, no question. Well, amazing, right? No, I remember having the conversation, might be with you, say, with, with I think someone else suggested it, yeah. uh, but I did have a strong sense that, yeah. You said that, that is that, a bad that, idea. That the celebrities, mm. me not included, if I'm allowed to put myself into the word celebrity, did all think, well, it's gone wrong with the Morris thing, but you know, they'll mm. be pleased to see us. And I remember thinking, no, they won't. It doesn't mm. matter who you are. The only, I can't, well, the only person who they might be pleased to see is Johnny Marr, right? True. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Johnny but also, Marr. as yeah. you say... What, or possibly David Bowie. If David Bowie had gone on, yes. I think that would have been all I right. I think that would I be, be a, good, right. not, a good substitution. Even David would have to have something Williams worked out. Bowie, Bowie would have to have something I worked out. I think if he came on and sang a Morrissey song or a Smith song straight away, then he's in. But he'd need to know it. I mean, what I mean is... It's the most difficult thing of all. Well, is that to was go part on. of the problem. Is, yeah. is that what are you they do were together? basically busking it. The, the yeah. super group of celebrities didn't really know what didn't they were going to say. Yeah. They yeah. just came on, and I think they were possibly trying to disperse the crowd. Yeah. I think they were sort of saying, "Well, look, Morrissey's gone." I did. Yeah. Russell Brand did say, "You'll get your money back." Definitely. I was thinking, "How? How do you know oh, that? He doesn't is that know true? That. Yeah, absolutely. You'll definitely get all that. your money back." I was thinking, yeah. "Is this true?" He hadn't spoke to the promoters. So he's making no contractual and then a coin got thrown, and they ran off stage. I should say. Again, I'm all <laughs> close friends of mine, and I think they were only trying to make things better. I think they may Their have been intentions were, were good, even if a bit. They vague. may have been tapping into that fantasy we all have of of like you know suddenly they say a band say hey. Robert, come up on stage. We want you to play with us. Yeah, but they'd gone. Which, the band had gone. No, exactly. But there's something about you know I could be on that stage is a very glamorous place to be. It's only really worked once, right? Which was which was the Who. You remember the famously the Who, when um, Keith Moon had sort of collapsed again, but too many brand Alexanders. They invited. Yeah. A, they asked the audience. It's on YouTube. Oh, really? They asked the audience, "Can anyone drum?" And this guy really? gets up and he drums two or three songs actually happening, like literally oh, like Baba O'Reilly or whatever. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. That's and he's, like he's the drumming. best thing ever. He's, he's a good drummer. 
Uh, because he's sort of he's not. I mean, he's not Keith Moon. I mean, obviously, literally not Keith Moon. But he's good enough. And Pete Townsend sort of does a big round of applause. Me and get Quillot to play drums, and I can't play drums. Well, if you were shit, that would be so great. Or actually, get a saxophone. Saxophone. Maybe that's what happened with Bowie. Maybe he got called up once to play all Nick Coleman's band, and then it turned out to be, oh no, you're shit, David. And he refused to believe it. Kept going. But obviously, that's a little bit like you know, people take their boots to football. I don't know if they actually case, do. Is that true? I don't know if they actually do, but people often say it's a sort of common what, joke. They wear their boots. No, people just think like, case. oh, I'll wear my boots. Yeah. I'll take my boots for just, just in, case. in case. Like everyone on the team and the reserves gets injured, <laughs> and then I have to play. I mean, there's a famous thing you you probably don't remember. You might remember because you turn out to know more about football than I than I remember. But in the, the big match in the seventies, mm-hmm. uh, once had a, an addition where the linesman got injured and Jimmy Hill. Had to be the yeah, linesman. Oh, I do remember that. I Have you ever seen that? that? No, I love it. Uh, yeah, oh, it's absolutely that. marvellous. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy that. Hill is in the crowd. He's That's not even right. commentating, I think. He's just in the crowd. <laughs> and they say, Jimmy, you know, we have a sense that you know enough <laughs> about football <laughs> to come I bet and he be was the really line. good. I think he was all right. I think he did. Yeah, well. I think even he looked. It's, it's the closest thing to that Keith Moon thing I could think yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know which one I'd rather do, to be honest. <laughs> Linesman or drummer in the Who? Well, Give me a second. Except you're not good enough at drums oh, to be I a drummer. I would like to be a drummer uh, in the you, Who. You've but no, you don't know that. I mean, you're right. Yeah, I've, I've never I do know that. in front of you, have I? Well, yeah, I well actually, Keith Moon, of all. You know, actually, we referred, uh, I think, in the last podcast to how. You know, my brother used to play the trumpet, but he didn't actually play the trumpet. He pretended to play the trumpet. Yes. And I remember my mum, when I got a violin, I very briefly tried to learn the violin. Didn't work out. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I, it wasn't an instrument that agreed with me. But I remember her picking it up and just <laughs> running her bow, running the bow across <laughs> it. It was <laughs> kind of mad. Yeah, anyone could do this kind of way. And I would say Keith Moon drums a bit like that. Yeah. It's a bit like watching somebody who just thinks, I could do yeah, anything yeah. here with my hands you're, you're, and it'll work. But I somehow you're it right. does. <laughs> it does work. But he famously ruins any film he's in. Keith Moon yeah. or Ringo Starr, any film they're yes. in in the yeah. 60s, ruined. Well, I think 60s, yeah. 70s, there was ruined. some idea yeah. in the 70s that drummers were quite good actors. Mm, and very funny. Well, yeah. those two. Who else? I can't think of anyone else. It was I don't remember Cozy Powell in The Godfather. No. I bet fat, there is, fat Larry. I bet there is another one. Because drummers were thought of as the characters. You yeah, know? I know what and, you mean. And still yeah, are, yeah. I think. I think so like they're the character member of the band. Phil Collins was Phil course, Collins. a drummer Collins. in film. Well, he is actually he quite that. a good actor. He was quite, he was, because that's where he started, right? No, he's Stage a good one. actor. Yeah. Um, I don't think there are other... No. If there are any other drummers who are actors, and uh, please can let I us know. Can I just show... Please fax us. Yes. Uh, where, just... are we, where are we going well, now? Because I, I think we're heading towards the end of the podcast again. Well, I was only going to say that Robert, one of the albums Robert loves is Scary Monsters. Oh, yes. And I was only going to say that there's a track on... Um, scary monsters, which is has has one of the most beautiful and brilliant and sexy things on earth, and also one of the most extraordinarily, I think, embarrassing, and um, of just you know Bowie and all his glory, right? Both both bits of the spectrum. So the first is it's no game. So obviously, yeah, you know, it's the which first one, part one or two, part one, yeah, the Japanese, and it one. opens scary monsters. So. For me, yeah, the the Japanese woman who she I think, gave, oh, yeah, yeah, who who is, and I think she's saying the verse. I, I believe that Japanese uh, part is a translation of the English verse. Right, I think right, that's what's right. happening. But so it starts with one of the most sexy, sensual. You just when I listen, uh, like you, when you listen to this when you're a teenager, you think that is a world I just want to be part yep. of. So this is what they sound. It's amazing, right? <laughs> And 
and then we're into the song. So it's a yeah. beautiful and Robert Fripp and yeah, yes. now, drumming. Basically, I know. I think you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to talk about the very end of the song. Is it going to be a bad version of that? It's not bad at all. It's just that there's no way. Maybe it, so we're 1979 or 80. No, it's, we? late, 80, it's 1980. Late, isn't it? It's going on so 80. I think it's 1980 exactly. But I don't know when he's recording it. Yeah. 1980. But, but basically. It ain't off. It ain't off, off Mum. It's on it ain't telly. Off, it's on telly. Yeah. And if you remember, and I've always linked the two. It's very clear. There's a link. Cool. If you remember the end of it, ain't half. Oh, yeah, shut up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Windsor Davis. Yes, I know. I, I, incredibly, quite, I, I, I searched for this. I, I searched for this two nights ago. I searched for Which? exactly this. Okay. The end of it, ate half hot okay. mom. For this two reason. Nights, no, not Shut for this reason. Up. Not for this reason. I think I wanted to do a joke on Twitter about it, ate half hot mom. you couldn't find it, by the way. No, no, I found it eventually. Right, right. What happens is, in a very racist yes, way, exactly. uh, one of the characters, I can't remember which one, but who's, who's browned up, right. sings Land of Hope and Glory. He's not actually an Indian, is he? He's a white bloke browned up. Right. Um, I think yeah. no one was actually Indian in, in a half I'm not sure. And he sings... Land of hope and glory, right. in a very racist way. And then yeah. Windsor Davis, with the sense that he's pissed off that an Indian yeah. is singing yes. a British song, exactly. goes, shut up! He yeah. screams it. Screams, screams it. Yeah. Yeah. He screams, I mean, What's crucially, he screams it, as yeah. you say. Yeah. And then the sitar goes... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the sitar has collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the end of colonialism. S- and centuries of wonderful music is <laughs> yeah. in what is, is so produced as... So, so when you listen to the end of, never, of well, you know you what's know what? coming. I never thought like, but it's totally. Is it like that? It's yes. Well, yeah, it I don't, is, I don't, it I don't is. think it's, it's game well that. enough to remember. Oh, yeah. Right, well, you listen. But he listen, says it yeah. twice. It might even be Windsor Davis on the record. I hope it is. I think it is. It's not. It's not. It's no, no. I don't think it's Windsor Davis. I think it probably is a reference no, I, I, to eight half hot mark. I think it, yeah. Because I, I wouldn't be at all surprised. It was on if, at that time. Bo, it was on at the time. Bowie would have thought it was funny, maybe to reference it. Yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is quite like it. It must be because it's the same the, scream, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, can we just get? I'm just going to get the the end of it. Eight half hot mark. <laughs> just that up. guitar playing. Right, so this is the end. For anyone who, by the way, younger listeners, what it was was a very 70s, actually early 80s, I think it went on into sitcom, about the fact that in the war, so many sitcoms about the war mm, in the 70s, mm, yes. uh, there used to be these performing troops mm. that used to go out to places like India, wherever troops yep. were positioned. Yeah. And Burma or something. Burma yeah. or whatever. And they would perform songs and stuff for the troops. So that's what it's about. But it always used to end with this very famous uh, 70s British actor, Winter Davis, shouting this. Well, I particularly like it's the laugh. It's the studio laughter <laughs> week your, in, week out to that bit. That is your out music, Land yeah. and Hope and Glory. Yeah. Land of Hope and Glory done in a, in a comedy mm. Indian accent. Mm. Yeah, But it's quite similar, I think. It's it, very similar, I think. It's also quite also similar, to bring him up one more time, is I was in a band with your cousin. You were, Intro-Exit. Uh, they were called Intro-Exit and Inter- The Odd and Room 101, Room 101. we were called. Wow. And one of his songs is called Suspected Suicide. <laughs> and I almost want to plug in a guitar to play it to show you how, like, it's no game. 
It is. The verse. I, the, the, I can the play you suspected guitar, suicide. There. Yeah, but it's not electric. No, but you can play it. Okay. Know. Could you get me that guitar, uh, Harry? I reckon mind? I can play you the uh, chords to Cold uh, one Stone. of your songs. Cold of Stone. Da, 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 da. One of your songs, I remember. Oh, one of my songs? Yeah. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Because we've talked on this quite a lot about uh, one of Tim's songs, which is called uh, Symmetry in the Cemetery. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard it. Do you know I, Symmetry? I, I know that very well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which Thank version you. were you listening to? Um, the, uh, the, <laughs> so the, this is uh, Suspected Suicide begins... You see? Yeah. It's, it's like Robert similar. Fripp is in the room. It's like Robert Fripp's in the room. This is very unfair yeah. to Dave because Dave played it rather well. But I, yes, I see what you mean. So yeah. you had a song that went like this. Yeah, he, all right, okay, wow. no, this is terrible. This is good. terrible. terrible no, no, it's not terrible. What is really terrible is I cannot remember the name of that song. I wrote that song and I cannot remember the name of it. I this. wish I could remember it. It's I not love... Bad Luck in the City, is it? No. I don't remember Bad that. Luck in the City. Bad Luck in the City was one of those songs, <laughs> but I don't think I didn't write Bad Luck in the City, I don't think. Kiss um, Me Adolf. Kiss Me Adolf, <laughs> that was the name of the song, yes. Shaved a moustache, then kiss me. Bad uh, luck in God, the city. I need to remember what the name of that is, but that's mm. how come you how come you can play? Because David taught me that years ago. And you've never forgotten. Well, I like that song mm. and I remember that. And there was a sax in it. Was there a saxophone? No, in it was it Bowie? Was David Bowie playing? David Bowie was playing on it. We, yeah, we used to work. So quite you closely. used to be called Intro Exit. Yeah. I think you, you, you. I saw you play at John Lyons School once. Yes. And uh, you were quite. It was quite a serious band. Oh yeah. It no, was we quite took it serious. very seriously. Yeah. In fact, we took it so seriously that the person who I think wrote Bad Luck in the City, who I think was Richard Gerrard, the bass player, we sacked him, and he. And that was a terrible thing to do. But that happens. Mm. You know. But you wouldn't have gone on to the great thing. You no, you wouldn't. I mean, you have to take these different pieces. It wouldn't be the band that we, yeah, we know today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you yeah, think of some great modern yeah, bands, Radiohead, Interact, it. It's interchangeable. Yeah. Also, I, I may not have told you this, but I was in a different band when I was uh, at school with Mark Commode, the man who is now the oh, yeah. film critic. Have I what mentioned they this? Called? Yeah. They were called yeah. the Spark Plugs. Which okay. is quite a cool name for a new wave band in yeah, sort of yeah. 1979. Yeah, but what is not that. cool, from my point of view, is one day at school, Mark and Rick Jeffries and Keith Fairbairn, who were the other people in the band, they said to me, you know what, I don't think it's quite working. Um, you know, it's been great, but let's, oh, let's give cruel. up. Let's it's forget cruel, the band. So I was quite sad, but I thought, all right. Mm. Came to school the next day, they'd formed another band without me. No. Yeah, like all ready to go, ready what, to gig. What were they, they called? Cunts. <laughs> I'm with a Z. Um, I think I've heard of them. I, um, fun enough, I'm reading. It's holding it, but I'm reading this. Did I mention it last time? This incredible Beatles biography called uh, "Tune In" by Mark Lewisham, which you is amazing. Mentioned, it's all about mentioned, the early you mentioned years. it to me. It's incredible. It's it's seven hundred. I wouldn't normally say how many pages are in a book because I'm more than twelve now, but seven hundred pages, and, it and takes, I'm on page three, and it takes you to the release of Love Me Do, which, in other words, they're not famous, really, by the end of it. and yet, 700 which I know sounds like, to then. And that sounds like the sort of book you'd never want to read because yeah. you yeah. skip that bit. But it is so good, so brilliantly and beautifully written. You so get into their characters, their, where they came from, again, which sounds bad, but it's honestly a proper page-turner. But one of the things in that is, obviously, it's I'm right now in the middle of the talking about how they got rid of Pete Best, which mm. you went through with Inter... Yeah, well, was your Richard Gerard. Gerard. Yeah, and how they do that, or rather how they he's don't got do over it. it. And how they keep with him... For, forever even though they know he's not very good because they just can't sort of face that conversation yeah. and eventually it happens and what I hadn't appreciated is his mum Pete Best's mum is sort of one of the key reasons the Beatles are who they are today because she had uh, owned a club 
and that's where they used to play. And so she sort of kept them going when they wanted to give up. All right. So that was a... Ta- she owned the incredibly... cavern? No, not the cavern. No, no, no. Not it was like, I forget what it's called, but... While you're mentioning Pete Best, mm. at the moment, uh, I don't know when this podcast can go, but at the moment there is a play in Liverpool in which Pete Best is in. It's sort oh, of sort right? about the Beatles. Anyway, it got a one-star review in the Times oh, the other day, oh. and it was particularly horrible about Pete Best. And oh, I no. did read it and thought, oh, has no. the man not suffered well, enough? Saying if it, His it, whole fucking life, that's who he is. Get, the bloke who was not in the Beatles. Get when the rid Beatles of him and the play would be great. That's what she said. If only you get rid of that God. and get in Ringo Starr also, to play so as well. So he can't instead. even be in a play about the Beatles. He can't well, be in a play about the Beatles. Also knowing your last name is Best. It's I know. Yes. Good. On top you of know what I found, oh, Robert? Yeah. I found Cold as Stone on my laptop computer. I didn't What's think I have it. That is a Room 101 song and we recorded it in a studio. You've got me, that song. I've yeah, never heard. Me well. and Dave and which uh, was it? Was that the one and, I played you and, now? Huh? Was it the one I played you now or the Robert? No, Fred no. One? This is not. This is we recorded two. I know. I know you might not feel that this is <laughs> this what is they exciting. Hear. This is, but, just me. but it's me and Dave and uh, Pete Smith who was our drummer. We got go rid on. of the bass player. We got yeah, rid of Pete. Uh, Pete and we recorded this in a studio. And this is Dave Gavin and he sings. And we might go out on this. I don't know. Yeah. But listen to it. See what you think. I think we're allowed to play as much as we like of this one. <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.